Thanks for listening to this Challenges series podcast from EasyDPM. I'm Clem Silverman. Last week, we took a glance at peace and security, and this week, it's the turn of EU-Africa relations and cooperation. The recent European Think Tanks Group, or ETTG, conference highlighted the complexity of EU-Africa relations, with several key messages being recommended by the participants that have been brought together. These were presented to the Africa-EU Joint Task Force on the 29th of October 2013 at the European External Action Service in Brussels. Subjects included private sector development, governance, food security and peace and security challenges. I'm joined by Fatin Agut, who is the head of the Africa Change Dynamics Programme here at ECDPM, who organised the conference. Fatin, who are these different partners and what are the challenges for setting an agenda that will get debate and discourse moving? Well, obviously, Europe-Africa relations operates um, in a much more complex international um, environment, be it in Europe or, or, or in Africa. Um, at, uh, at the conference itself, the African colleagues insisted that Europe is joining a party where there are already uh, many other partners that are increasingly interested in, in Africa. And we tend to be a bit caught up in this China-Africa um, partnership and, and and thinking that China is, is is the big newcomer. But this year, as we know, Malaysia, for instance, uh, uh, became the first main investor in Africa. Um, countries like Thailand are, are, are launching new partnerships with, with Africa. So we're really talking uh, about a much larger group than, than the, the so-called BRICS countries. Um, of course, in the EU itself, as, as, as one participant reminded us at, at the meeting, um, the EU is also transforming quite a lot. There are newcomers in the European Union that, that bring to the table a different perspective on how a partnership with, with Africa should be run. Um, so beyond also the, the institutional or, uh, partners or member states, there's also increased interest by um, uh, the private sector, um, uh, not only the European private sector, but certainly non-European private sector um, uh, investing in Africa. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a much more complex um, environment that we're witnessing now. So you, yes, you describe a very complex and crowded space. So with so many different subject areas and, and uh, ideas for discussion, how can you set any sort of agenda or prioritise any certain issues with so many vested interests? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's truly the challenge. I think we need to remember that uh, when we speak of Europe-Africa relations, we're talking of 82 countries. We're talking of uh, two commissions, the European Commission, the African Union Commission. We're speaking of regional economic communities in Africa. So there are a lot of interests um, at stake. And um, so in, in the blog, what we try to do is come up with um, a way to try and identify these priorities. It's quite good to understand that um, a lot of issues are important. We're not saying that, um, I mean, I gave the example of space programs, for instance. We're not saying that they are not important. They are important, but perhaps not now. Um, we need to, to, to make sure that the building blocks to get to that type of cooperation are, are there, um, for instance referring to education. So we need to slowly build that partnership while focusing on where there is traction at the moment. Um, um, uh, infrastructure being, being one example. 
um, there is traction, there is a strong demand from Africa um, to invest in infrastructure and um, especially regional infrastructure. Um, so, uh, peace and security is an area where there is a lot of uh, uh, traction. Africans do own that agenda. Is there any tension between the different actors and uh people with different interests pushing their own agenda. You know, for example, we want more infrastructure, but Europe might say you must do better on governance, for example. I yes. mean, not, maybe not so dictatorial, but there's always going to be um, different uh, points of view. Absolutely. And at the conference, we had a very interesting discussion on, on, on this particular topic. Um, um, it was felt that putting conditionalities has proven to be counterproductive. And that is precisely why we're saying where there is traction, where there is ownership of the agenda, because if that is the case, there is no need for the EU to put um, to put certain conditionalities. If if certain countries or region um, want to invest in their own infrastructure because they believe that is their future, um, there is no need perhaps to put to put conditionalities. And and the discussions that we had, what we said is that we need to move beyond the conditionalities and rather focus on co-responsibility, um, which is something that is much more constructive. Um, so that's why we're really insisting on focusing on traction. Um, so that is the first step that we're proposing uh, to, to identify the priorities. So first, where is the traction? Where is the ownership? And the second one is to also look at, at, at where EU-Africa relations can bring an added value. Uh, one example that we gave is that um, infrastructure, for instance, at country level, um, maybe other international partners can do it at much cheaper costs. Um, there are obviously, we shouldn't be naive, there are certain interests of these international partners in investing in, 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 in infrastructure at national level. Um, but perhaps the added value of EU-Africa relations is to invest at the regional level. Um, because out of all the international partners that Africa has, the EU has proven to be the one that is truly committed to regional, to supporting regional integration in Africa. And it is where, there where it proved a, a very clear added value compared to the, to the other partners. Um, so that is the second step um, to look at when deciding on priorities. Will there be any surprises ahead of the summit um, next year? There's anything which should be on the table which, which isn't at the moment and that's likely to maybe uh, sidetrack um, the summit in April uh, 2014. I mean, for example, the economic partnership agreements have threatened to sort of overshadow the whole thing. Um, but are there any other things which might come up that you see in the sidelines? Yeah, well, the the, the IPAS is an obvious case. Um, it's been coming back at, at, as, as a major issue before every single summit. And there is, I think, a realisation now that it needs to be taken away from the technicians and, and, and given to the politicians to, to find a solution to it and, and simply agree that um, there has been some progress made, let's uh, have that as a basis and carry on the discussion later on. Another issue that I know um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, officials both in Europe and Africa are concerned about is the issue of the International Criminal Court. There are some discussions at the moment between the two two sides, but triggered by a demand from the African side too. So that is one of the issues that the Africans feel very strongly about. Um, they will be looking for uh, international support, um, including by members of the United Nations Security Council, and some of them are European countries.
it. Um, so that uh, that is another uh, potential area that uh, that might increase tension, let's say, before before the summit. Okay, thank you, Fatin. If you have any comments, leave them at the bottom of the blog. Next week, we'll be looking at food security, which will tie in with the upcoming issue of Great Magazine. Thanks once again for listening.